0: Hallelujah! I can't think of an obstacle that we face this bigger than death. I mean, we don't know when it's coming generally. We don't know where it's going to happen. We don't know under what circumstance that death would happen. And we've had many here we all know where we've lost someone. Sometimes it's been way too early, unexpected, and it hits you hard. And those of us that have gone through deaths of loved ones understand the pain and the grief that we face. It's a huge obstacle. Even the best prepared person, when they hit this obstacle of losing a loved one, It can be hard to get through. It can be hard to overcome. It it can be difficult to deal with. And every one of us in this room is going to face a physical death. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know where. But it's something that we all have in common. So we should be ready. This last few weeks, we've been teaching on Overcoming Obstacles series. And so this one, that I couldn't think of an obstacle bigger than we face in death, this one is, how am I going to get through this? The uh, series started with a man that was paralyzed, not just crippled, but he was paralyzed. He had been paralyzed all his life. and He was up in the area of Capernaum. And he heard that Jesus was there, and he needed to get to Jesus to get healed. But because he was paralyzed, he, he couldn't move. It wasn't like he could walk and get there slowly. He, he couldn't move. And he had four of his friends bring him on a mat and go to what is, uh, was probably Peter's house. And Jesus was inside teaching. And the people were on the outside. You could call them Christian people. But they were on the outside. They had already gotten their spot. They had already gotten their place. They arrived early. They got the early ticket code before they went to Ticketmaster. And they had gotten there. And they weren't going to let some guy that's paralyzed get into their mojo. And his friends, even though they tried to get in, they couldn't. He faced an obstacle. He needed to get to Jesus. There wasn't an easy way to do it. I'll tell you, in that message, they had to go around the obstacle to get to the Lord. They went around, and they went up on the roof. And while Jesus was sitting there teaching, they... Took back some of the clay roof and the straw. Somewhere they actually had four pieces of rope. I don't generally carry a whole lot of rope with me, but these guys must have thought. And they lowered this man down while Jesus was teaching, right at his feet. And Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees there, they didn't like that. They judged Jesus by it. So Jesus says, What's easier? Just say your sins are forgiven, or take up your mat and walk. And he took up his mat and walked out in front of all of them, the scripture says. Sometimes you got to go around your obstacles to get to them. Last week, it was a head on collision David and Goliath. As Goliath was on one side of the mountain, The people of Israel were on the other. And each day, morning and night, Goliath would come out. He would spew a threat. You come fight, and whoever wins, if I win, you're slaves of us. If you win, we're slaves of you. And the scriptures reveal that the people of Israel were dismayed and terrified. And not only that, it says that when they heard his voice, they ran with fear. But a young boy, youngest of a group of sons, was bringing articles to eat to the battle line. He heard the challenges of Goliath. And Saul heard him. Saul was the man who, Bible said he was head and shoulders above everyone else. Saul should have been the one that would have been gone out and fight, but he didn't. But Saul heard what David was saying, and Saul approved David to go out and fight Goliath. And, of course, they wanted to give David Saul's armor. Look, when you're going to fight something, you can't use somebody else's armor. You've you got to have your own armor. If you're going to, they wanted to give him Saul's weapons. Look, if you're going to fight somebody, you can't use your mother's weapon. You can't use your father's weapon. You can't use your buddy's weapon. You've got your weapon. And God equipped him with a sling and some stones. Yeah, we could talk about the five stones and the four brothers, but we didn't. Because David and Goliath came down in the valley, and they met head-on. And it was a head-on collision. Goliath continued to mock him until he threw the stone. It struck him in the forehead. He fell face down, and David took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. A head-on collision. You know that was messy. But sometimes you've got to face obstacles head-on. There's no other way. Sometimes you've got to face obstacles head-on because you can't get around them. They're so big and they're so dangerous. And in this instance... David was fighting for the people. If you could paint a picture of it, Goliath or Satan, the people of Israel that were terrified and afraid, they were the, they were the people of Israel. They were afraid. And David is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. He will face the obstacle, and he will overcome. Today, how am I going to get through this? This is a story it's based basically in Exodus 11 and 12 and it's the story of the captivity but the release of the people of Israel Now they have been in captivity for 400 years Moses was born there had went away was called back by God to have the people of Israel released And so as Moses went back, he would go to Pharaoh at 80 years old. And he would say, my people need to go. And they had been oppressed. They had been worked harder. The Pharaoh that was before where Joseph was there, they had all died out. And the people of Israel needed to go home. Moses was there to do that. And there were these ten plagues that came through that were part of this releasing of the people. And you know, the people of Israel were there. They were a part of the plagues. The first couple of plagues in the Bible, it doesn't specifically say that the people of Israel were protected from them, but the remainder of the plagues, it says that God made a difference between them. The Hebrew people and the Egyptian people, and it says that the Hebrew people, the Israels, the Israelites, they were not affected. I mean, it was water turning to blood, frogs to lice, flies, livestock pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, three days of darkness, and the last was going to be the killing of the firstborn. Exodus 11, just a couple of verses, and it explains it really, really well. Now the Lord said to Moses, this is Exodus 11, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he'll let you go from here. And when he does, he'll drive you out completely. Tell the people that the men and the women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably, favorably disposed toward the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses said, This is what he said to Pharaoh. This is what the Lord says. About midnight, I'll go through Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne. To the firstborn son of the male slave who was at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There'll be a loud wailing through Egypt, worse than there ever has been or there ever will be. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. And then you'll know the Lord has made a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these officials of yours, they'll come to me bowing down before me saying, go. And Moses was hot with anger when he left. And this came to pass. This worked out just like it was supposed to. But how are the people of Israel going to get through this? See, God had a recipe for them. And he's got a recipe for us. And it's the same recipe that started then and has passed down through the ages for us to follow. It's the same thing that he wants us to do that he wanted them to do to make sure that they could get through this. Listen to what it is. Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household, on the tenth, on the tenth day. And if any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with the nearest neighbor, having taken account of the number of the people that there are. You're to determine the amount of the lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. And it says the animals you choose must be year old males without defect. Are you getting where I'm going with this? Amen. Without defect. A male without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day. Tenth day, fourteenth day, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. I want you to think of about 600,000 to a million and a half people in the households of getting these lambs and having them in the house and slaughtering them. If you've never butchered an animal... It's not like you go to Publix and get the chicken, the lemon pepper chicken in the bag. It's not like that. Yeah. It's not like you go to Outback and get a prime rib. It takes work, it takes sacrifice. It takes guts. It takes obedience. What if they just said, no, this is not for me. You're to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the house where they eat the lambs. That same night they're to eat the meat roasted over a fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Don't leave any of it until morning. And if some is left until morning, you must burn it. This is how you're to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste, for this is the Lord's Passover. And on that same night, I will pass through Egypt. And I will strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. I will bring judgment upon the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. And the blood. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see The blood. I will pass over you. No destructive play will touch you when I strike Egypt. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. How am I going to get through this? Everyone, the scripture says, everyone in Egypt is going to wail. They're going to wail like they've never wailed before. What if we didn't do the blood? You see, death is the ultimate obstacle. But God is the ultimate answer. The obstacles that you face, even the ultimate obstacles, God's the ultimate answer. That's the bottom line you've got to think about. What is it that I face? This series on obstacles, we've gone from paralyzed to millions of people dying. But when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. You see, if you only focus on your physical body, you're missing God's ultimate plan for your life. If you only focus on what you can touch and feel and smell and hear, and experience, you are missing what God has planned for you for your life. And that is a life of eternity with him. If you only think about your physical body, you're only thinking about here. And if you're only thinking about your physical body for those that you love and those that you know that have passed on, you're missing the mark. First Thessalonians five twenty three says this. And, and it was funny, we don't, We don't talk about what we're going to teach on. Matter of fact, you weren't even going to teach today. And so you came up and started teaching on this scripture. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You gotta. You're a spirit. You have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotion. You live in a body. This body is temporary. You've got to really start thinking. Why would you want to do this? Because if all you do is glorify your body and worry about your body, I'm not saying let it go to heck. (laughs) But I'm saying if if that's where your focus is, if your focus is on your body, you're missing God's plan for your life. He wants to fellowship with you and spirit and spirit when you give your life to to the Lord, your spirit is sealed. you're sealed with Jesus Christ. Does that make you perfect? It doesn't your spirit, but does it make your body your physical person? Do you still slip one out every now and then? Yeah, you probably do. Is there something in here that maybe isn't always where it's supposed to be? Yeah, probably is. But what I want to get you to is a point today where you can think about this Passover. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I would just ask this, how I get through this? Have you, seen, ha, have you seen the blood at the cross? And have you applied that to your life? Because if you haven't seen that blood and applied it to your life, you're missing the whole thing. It's the ultimate answer for life everlasting. You can get through it just like the people of Israel did. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. you, you. Death is the ultimate obstacle. God is the ultimate answer. Now, I'd ask you just to consider. I'd ask you to look inside and, and say to yourself, <clears throat> have I applied the blood of Jesus Christ to my life? Have I taken the step to do that? This is a series on overcoming obstacles. And physical death is not all it is, physical death is just part of it. Your spiritual life is what God wants. And he wants it with you for eternity. So if you have not applied the blood of the cross to your life, then I'd ask you to consider to do that today. And and let me just say this. As I study these messages, as I get into the Bible every day, I want you to know that I recognize some areas in my life where, I've applied the blood, but maybe I've gone around this spot, it's gone up. I don't know if I'm the only one that's done that. And and I'll get the blood and I'll put it across the top and maybe I'll just skip that part. I know I should dip it in and fill in the coat, make it even. But as I come down, I may I may have a part over here that I just want to, Take that brush off and push it on down. It's easier down here. See, if you've got spots in your life, you're a Christian. And you've got spots in your life where you need to apply the blood. You've already applied the blood to your life. But there's some areas of your life where you just haven't really covered it with the blood because you haven't wanted to. I'd ask you today to consider applying all the blood. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. God wants you to be holy and blameless, lacking nothing. So, you may have to go around an obstacle. You may have to face it. Head on. And this one here, we all are going to face death. Not one of us can get away from it. But there's more to life than our physical body. Dear God, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for the example that you give us. It's so clear that as the blood is applied to our life, death passes over us. So, Father, I'd ask you right now through your Holy Spirit, if there is someone here who has not applied that blood to their life, and they'd like to, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to share with you the simple truth of the gospel. And if you're here and you've got your life together, you know that you're going to heaven, but there's some areas of your life where, You just haven't applied it yet. I'd ask, oh, God, that through your spirit you would quicken quicken them and remind them and let them get the hyssop branch back out one more time. Apply that blood because, Lord, we know that you love us. And we thank you, God. All God's people said, "Amen." Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to have some music. If you'd like, we have some prayer. And uh, if not, you can, you can uh, be released. God bless you. I hope you have a great, great Thanksgiving.
1: Thank
0: Eat as much as you want. <laughs> you can tell them your preacher said that. <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: I need. When temptation comes my way When I cannot stand, up will fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay. So teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way when I cannot stand, I'll follow you. Jesus, you're my hope and say Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my right. Oh God, how I need you. You're my one defense, my right. God.